You know the vibes. We are back for another week of the Hoop Genius podcast presented by NBA 2K22. I'm your host, Mo Mutsi, alongside of, of course, the three-time NBA champion, Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, 10 games left for most teams in the regular season. How are you feeling? Well, Mo, before we start off today, and every time you always say BJ Armstrong, you know what I always want to say after you say that? Uh-huh. Real name, no gimmicks. Now <laughs> <laughs> we give, we give, you want me to start giving the full name? You want me to, start, you want me to, you want to, you want me to introduce the show? Starting at co-host of the podcast, uh, no, six don't. foot two from Detroit, Michigan, <laughs> Benjamin Roy Armstrong Jr. <laughs> I always want to say that when every time you say that. So just a little inside joke with myself. That's that's what happens. Now. Hey, Sorry. man, it's Sorry. so good. Sorry. It's so good. The kid, BJ Armstrong, the kid who's turning into my OG, BJ Armstrong. Um, yo, the NBA getting down to the business end of the season. I like the play-in because now a lot of games hold a lot more meaning. We were just on Sky TV covering yes. the Pelicans and the Atlanta Hawks. Um, yes. Both teams fighting for play-in position. I think the Hawks have got that 10th seed locked up, I guess. Uh, the Washington Wizards and the Knicks aren't catching them. But the Pelicans overtook the Lakers. The Lakers now only about two, two and a half games ahead of the San Antonio Spurs. Dangerous territory for the Lakers. LeBron passed Carmelo in scoring. We can talk about that. We can gas up LeBron if we want. But let's talk about the basketball for the rest of the season, man. We don't need to tell you how amazing LeBron James is. You guys hear that all the time. And we've said it on numerous shows across TV and whatnot. Heading into the play-ins slash play-off. The Eastern Conference is really intriguing me. Because Toronto is soaring up the standings. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are looking to dip down. And actually, before we get into that. We've got an exciting few episodes coming up this week. Oh, we had uh, our man, Mr. Brian Scalabrini, a.k.a. the White Mamba. Come on, <laughs> not for one, but you guys are getting two episodes of the White Mamba this week. Okay. <laughs> you guys going to have to wait for that. But he said something really interesting, BJ. He said something what really interesting. I want to break this down with you. He what said, it's an idea I've been thinking about for a while. And he said it on okay. the show. And he said, the top seeds in the playoffs should be able to pick their first round opponents mm-hmm. instead of jockeying mm-hmm. for position. So I want to run through this exercise with you and I want to put you okay. in the minds of these teams. So if the playoffs were to end today, there's about 10 games left for each team. But let's start with the East. The Miami Heat are the number one seed. Okay. And you can take any of the other teams uh, outside of the top four to be your first round opponent. So right now you could choose from the Bulls, the Cavs, the Raptors and the Nets. Who are you taking if you're the Miami Heat and why? Well, first, can, can I can I say something about that idea? I of think course. if you are the first and the second seed, it gives you an, it gives you an incentive to play. Mm-hmm. It gives you an incentive to compete, which yep. we love. Yes. And then all of these games are meaningful games. Facts. All of this, all of this. See, when when they mean something, it hits a little different. Now, when you you have these, you know, you're going all out for the, and you, all of that. You're going all out for the eighty-two. 
You're going all no, out, no, 82 all games, out. every game. Okay, because now you get a chance to pick who you want to play. Mm-hmm. Then, just like you see those guys picking at the All-Star, All-Star weekend, now all of a sudden, you know, it hurts a little different when your boy. So if Mo says, hey, I want to play VJ. Now, <laughs> we boys, and all of a sudden, now you're like, oh. It gets personal. Hey, hey, hey. You know, like they say in the streets, oh, you think something is sweet on this side over mm. here. Now, <laughs> now all of a sudden, you see guys having to compete. Yes. Now, think about that. Think about that. So I like the idea. I love it. You know, we touched on it with, with, with Scal. Scal was the, he's the first person I've heard actually as a suggestion, but I hope the league, well, I know the league is listening. This is a great idea. I think it has something they should possibly incorporate or at least consider because now all of a sudden that game in November, December, and January, it has a lot of meaning. And you mm-hmm. want to make sure if you're going to play this team, think about this. What if you finish first, the team that finishes eighth, and they're 4-0 against you, and you avoid that team to play a team that you – see, to me, now it adds another whole and, layer to why – And for me, if you're the one seed and you pick any team to go up against and you lose – Yeah, now it's now it's – Come on, man. Be careful what we, you ask for. Yeah, exactly. You just might get it. Exactly. We need to see know? that. We need to see so I, if, I do. We, we, we do. We do. If you're the Miami Heat right now, you finish number one in the Eastern Conference, yeah. which I think they will, which of those would teams I, would you be looking at going up against? I, I would want to, if I were them, I would want to play Charlotte. No, no, no. Out of the top eight. Because this is oh, assuming Charlotte eight. and Atlanta don't Well, make they it. have to play Brooklyn. They would have to play Brooklyn. Would I think Brooklyn, Brooklyn wins that. Oh well, well, if you're the Heat, who you, you picking? Oh, who? Oh, who would I pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which of those? Sh- sh- Chicago. Okay. Chicago. Right. Cleveland. I got the, it. The top four seeds are safe. The top four I seeds. Would pick, I would pick Chicago. Chicago. Okay. That's, I would. I would pick. Chicago. Why? Because I know that I have a significant advantage against your uh, against. Uh, What's the big kid there? Vucevic. Um, well, the Heat have won yeah. all three regular season matchups against yeah, I will, the Chicago I Bulls. I, I, I have a significant advantage that okay. I can play screen role and I can attack the basket. So when you play in the playoffs, you want to be able to attack that basket. Yeah, you can't rely on the outside shooting. Can't rely on the outside shooting because the game's going to slow down. And I want to be able to play screen role. And I wanted to be able to attack the basket. And I know Bam has an advantage versus and, uh, Vooch every single night. And I think that helps Jimmy Butler, who's not much of an outside shooter. He likes to attack on the yeah. inside. Gotta you know, Kyle Lowry in that screen role. Tyler Harrow as well coming off the bench. I like that. But yeah. then if you're yeah, Milwaukee. Mean, sorry, sorry Milwaukee. If you're Milwaukee no, now. Yeah. Who would I play? And, and the Bulls are off the board now. Bulls versus Miami are locked in. Well, right now, Philly is too. But all right, we, we'll say Milwaukee. All right. My app hasn't updated. <laughs> okay. Now, right now here, it says Milwaukee are too. Okay, it doesn't. They, they have the same record. If I'm Milwaukee, I play Cleveland. And I don't want to play Cleveland. Because 
But I want to take. Let me let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this: If Jarrett Allen was still healthy, would you still have that answer? I don't think so. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> I don't think so. But I think now I would take Cleveland if I'm if I'm Milwaukee. Yeah, if I'm Milwaukee, the Cavs have won two of their three regular season matchups, but that was with Jarrett Allen. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, due to injuries, I can see that happening. But then if you're Philly, Chicago's off the board, Cleveland's off the board. What's interesting is we picked the five and the six seed so far. The seven and eight seed might be tougher matchups than the five and the six seeds. So Toronto or Brooklyn, if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, I feel like from an ego perspective, you have to pick Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking taking Toronto. I'm taking Toronto. (laughs) I'm not playing around. I'm not playing around with you. Well, they they I'm just lost to Toronto, though. Yeah, it's okay. I'm taking Toronto. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, KD and Kyrie. I'm picking a game that I feel the most confident in. Game seven. I I feel much more confident. Any any two players than Kyrie and. and <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I, the Nets are, that's what what I'm taking. The Nets are three and one versus the Sixers this season, and the Raptors are two and one versus the Sixers this season. And I think they're still going to play again. So that's interesting how the number eight seed in this format would be playing against the Boston Celtics is the scariest seed. Is this, uh, bring bring it to me. Bring it to me. Man. That would be a good. That's a good first round matchup, right? There. Hey, I, I would love it. The Celtics have won their last three games against the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving only available for half the series. I'm down with it. Celtics in five, but uh, is the Brooklyn Nets, assuming they get the eighth seed, the scariest eighth seed you've ever seen? I'll talk about this on my Snapchat show. If you guys didn't know, I've got a show on Snapchat. It's called In the Paint. Go search that. Every week, I break down the biggest and best stories from around the NBA. Go check that out. But is this the scariest eight seed if Brooklyn get the eight seed that you've seen in your lifetime? You know, Brooklyn reminds me of the follow. You know, I don't know what the, the separation is between insanity and a genius. I don't know where, where the, where there's a thin line, is. my brother. It's a thin line. It's a thin line. I don't know what the division is. Cause on one hand you're saying Brooklyn, there's no way Brooklyn should be eight. Think about this. Brooklyn at one point was the number one seed. It's and now crazy. they are the eighth seed. It's crazy. So I don't know if this is a team that is incredibly underachieved or just circumstances. It was, it was that losing streak. Know. It was that crazy losing streak when Katie was injured. Kyrie could only play half the games. James Harden was clearly unhappy, demanding his way out. So that's what really shot them down in the standings. But if, if, if I'm any team in the East, I'm, I'm shook. They're like, they're the one seed. Basically, if they finish eight, they take on the Heat in that first round and they win, they're basically the one seed. Even though they don't have, because them not having home court is home court for them. They're the first team ever who don't want home court because Kyrie Irving can play more games if they don't have home court. So them playing four games on the road works better for them than playing three games on the road. So their default home court advantage. 
it, like it plays into I, their hands. I, I, home court is home court. I'm not buying that. Well, they don't really have fans that. though in Brooklyn. Like they've got some fans. Don't get me wrong. Shout yeah, out to the Brooklyn not, fans, but their arena's packed with Knicks fans. Yeah, home court hmm. is home court. You know, home court is home court. I, I I'm not buying that, especially in the playoffs. How much of a you difference know, does that like make? Home court in the playoffs? Yes. Uh, it makes a, it makes a big difference. And the reason it makes a difference is because what we're not talking about and what we're not considering here is the following. You know, when you go to a city, you play it and you leave. But when you're in the playoffs, you, you got to sit there with it. Yeah. If you play bad for one game on Monday, there's a chance that you may at the earliest play on Wednesday or for TV, you might have to sit there till Thursday. Mm-hmm. You got to sit with this. Yeah. Okay. And you get you no love. You don't get a chance to play bad and then leave and go play somewhere else and you don't hear what's being said, right? You cut your Twitter off or your Instagram and you just, you no, you're, you're, you play bad in Cleveland. You got to sit in Cleveland Monday night, answer that question. Tuesday at practice, shoot around, answer that question. Wednesday, answer that question. Thursday, get the feature on why they lost game one. And you got to sit with that. And, and guess got, what? You got to see me break it down on the touch screen. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then and then you got to play against the same guy who you played bad against. And you're getting no love in that city. If yeah, exactly. you they ain't taking care of you like in regular yeah. season, but yeah. they And the it's play. worse. The worst is when you lose at home mm. in game one. Mm. And you got to sit with that and listen to talk radio, ESPN, da da da. And then the and then it gets it gets real quiet in there. You know how you at the, at the regular season they're clapping for you. Oh, no. you know, now all of a sudden now you go three for 18 and, you know, the announcement comes out and you hear like, a, OK, we're going to see if you're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And then don't let you play bad again in that half. You might hear some boos in the second half. Oh, so Man. it's a little different game. So, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't you know, I'm just I'm just saying a team who's been very strong at home and on the road. The Phoenix Suns, 30 and at home. 28 and six on the road. Very impressive. Only losing six game on the road all season so far. They would be the number one seed in the Western Conference. And if we continued this exercise, the Dallas Mavericks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Denver Nuggets, and the LA Clippers. Who are you trying to face in that first round if you're Phoenix? I play the Clippers. Yeah. I'm not messing with Luca. I'm not messing with the Joker. And the Minnesota Timberwolves have been on crazy good form recently. I'm going with the Clippers with all due respect to Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. But then, the Clippers. if you're the Memphis Grizzlies at the number two seed, Minnesota, Denver, or Dallas? I'm going with Denver. Why? I, if, if I'm Memphis, I'm going, to, I'm going to play against the team that I have the biggest advantage against. And I think the guard play of Denver is not as good as D'Lo and them kind of make me nervous a little bit. Hmm. D'Lo and Ant-Man. Ant-Man, you know, I'm going to say this about him. I, I'm sorry. To, I, I don't want to get sidetracked here because I know we're doing them. And actually, this exercise is fun. 
Anthony Edwards kind of makes me nervous in the playoffs. D'Lo is not afraid to play against big in big games. I said his veins. He makes big shots. That's right. Okay. And when you're playing in the playoffs, you have to have superior guard play. Both of those guys are capable of getting 25 to 30 for an entire series. And they've got a couple good defenders on that team too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And then you put that in with Carl Anthony Towns running a screen roll. I just don't want to, I don't want to face that until I have to, because those are the type of guys where you got to win your first two games, make them think about it going home. And force them to say, do I really want to fight from uphill? And they're playing with house money in Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. For them, but they've if, won. Okay. Yeah, Making the, they've it, made the playoffs for the first no. time in how long? They they this is yeah, this season, yeah. even if they get swept in the first round, this season is considered a W for them. Yeah, but then, they're supposed to. Yeah. But I, know, I would I would not want to play. So I would play against Denver because Jamal Murray's not there. I think Ja Morant should dominate that series and John Morant should be able to exploit if they have a weakness, you know, Joker has improved, but still that's a lot of pressure on him having to be the rim protector yep. and score and pass. And I think John Morant's athleticism wears them down. So that's I right. would, if I were them, I would want to play Denver before I played Minnesota. And the Grizzlies have won all three matchups against the Denver Nuggets so far this season. And I like Mm -hmm. Steven Adams can just, you know, kind of, kind of give the Joker a little bit of a, a hard time. Just be physical. I'm not saying that he'll shut him down, but just be physical, you know, get under his skin a little bit in a way that Steven Adams can. Then if you're the Golden State Warriors, you've got the Dallas Mavericks and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who are you going with? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't don't want, I I definitely don't (laughs) want Luca. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to play Luca. Everyone's running scared of Luca Doncic in these in the Western well, Conference. Uh, Luca has the ability to win a series on his Not own. Win a game. He can win a series. Think about it. It took yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just to get this kid out of the playoffs his first two times around, uh, and they Luka, almost Luka, didn't Luka do it. Is, yeah, Luca is Luca is a great, great talent because he has the. He actually, most players, when the game slows down, they lose maybe something. Luca is one of those players, when the game slows down, he gains something. Yes. Well, because he controls you know? the pace. He plays at his own yeah. pace. You can't speed and, him up. And look, I don't want to play against Luca. So if I was Golden State, I'd play against Minnesota, and then that would leave, what, Utah and Dallas. Who do you think wins that? Because the Utah Jazz... They're playing with a goes, lot of pressure goes, on them. Yeah, if it goes, if it goes past five, okay, Utah get it. They better make quick work of them. You better make quick work of them. If you mm. don't beat them in five, game six and game seven, that's Luca. Because I think Luca can take the game. He could take the game. He could go win the game on the road in Utah if he had to. That's game seven, and he can win six. If he goes to six back home in Dallas, he's winning that. Man, you better be packing your bags if you're on the Jazz roster because they got Danny Ainge sitting there watching the games. And you can't be a first-round exit with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert on your team. So I just think that would be a really fun idea, though, because we would get some great matchups. That would get some great matchups. And funnily enough, the matchups you pick from the Western Conference are the matchups as it stands. One versus eight two versus seven in terms of the Grizzlies versus the Nuggets, the Warriors versus... So that's interesting how it's completely different to the East. 
where it's almost flipped up on top of its head. But, you know, looking at this playoff stretch now, the final 10 games to the season, you've been on teams that have made runs all the way to the NBA Finals. From a contender standpoint, you know, looking at the top teams who want to be in the NBA Finals, at what stage do you start resting guys in case they pick up a knock before the playoffs? When do you start considering that into your decision-making? Because you want to close out the season strong so you have momentum going into the playoffs. But at the same time, you don't want anyone to be out there picking up an unnecessary, not that any injuries are necessary, but, you know, picking up an injury that could have been prevented, you know, in in some would describe as meaningless minutes. Well, you know, Mo, I'm going to share something with you. Regular season, people talk about resting. But I'm going to share a little secret to hear and our listeners here. When the playoffs begin, you don't want to take any days off. That's facts. Because the game is all about timing. So when you start resting, you lose your timing because you don't practice during the playoffs. It's film, okay, and it's details. Because you have to, there's no excuses for not bringing the effort and the energy. Okay, you, you can't, some nights you might not shoot well, but you, you got to defend. That's going to that's gonna hold you in the game. You, you might, somebody might get hot on the other team, whatever the case may be. So your film work has to be at an all-time high because I can't afford to play in a game where if it comes down to one possession, I have to be able to play that possession at an elite level. So resting, okay, resting. What does resting feel like in the playoffs? If you sweep a team, you are very happy that you swept the team, right? The brooms come out, your fan base is happy, everyone's feeling good. The worst, it's the worst time because you don't know when you're going to play. It throws off your rhythm. You just sat there waiting for everyone else. You don't know if you're, you don't want to practice because the last thing you weren't is you practice and someone sprains an ankle in practice. Mm -hmm. Someone jams a finger in practice. You don't know which team, what city. It just throws off everything. You want that game rhythm. Nothing replaces the, you want that game rhythm, right? You want to be playing every other day. Game, off a day, play. Because you need that, okay? You don't want to be sitting around for three, four, five days and the other team is continuing to play because game flow is different than practice flow. Yeah. And once you use lose that game flow, Mo, it normally takes a game or two to get back in that flow. So I don't think there's time. What I, what I would like to do is you shorten the minutes because when the playoffs come, you try to extend the minutes. Normally you try to give your starters at least six to eight minute runs. Mm-hmm. Now you start, now you may shorten that to four to six runs because you want people to try to learn how to play at a maximum. So when you're coming on the, when you're coming off the bench, Normally, you try to give, you know, a minute or two to get yourself loose, right, Mo? You come in, yeah. literally touch the ball. You can't do that in the playoffs. Now you got to sit there, concentrate, and you know your matchup. And, and the coach has already said, Mo, hey, when Lou Williams comes in, be ready. That's your matchup. And you got to win your matchup. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think all that resting and all that, Mo, you can't afford to think that way because – one game, Mo, one possession, Mo, you're out. 
<laughs> okay. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that, you know, talking about the minutes, because right now the minutes leaders in the NBA, the top two players in terms of minutes played are Fred Van Fleet and Pascal Siakam. Fred Van Fleet, 38 minutes a game. Pascal Siakam, almost 38 minutes a game, right? So if you're the Toronto Raptors, you're looking to, to get up in the standings to kind of avoid that playing spot. But at the same time, you might want to reduce those minutes for those guys because they're going to be so vital to your playoff run. So is it's a very tough decision for the coaching staff, Nick Nurse and those guys in Toronto and what they should do because they're only, what, one game behind Cleveland who are in the sixth seed and Cleveland have been falling dramatically. Well, so I think under, yeah, I think under normal circumstances, you're correct, Mo, but every situation requires you to live in that moment. Remember, Mo, last year they were in Toronto, not Toronto, they were in Tampa. Uh, Tampa Bay. And it was an awful season for them by Toronto standards. It was, it was the tank, so, Tampa Tank. It worked out amazingly. They got Scotty Barnes. Yes. Okay. So I think under whatever they have to do, get to the playoffs because that, that, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're building a new culture. You're building a new, you know, the way they like to play. And more importantly, it gives Scotty Barnes an opportunity to get a, you know, get a taste of the playoffs, which I think would be amazing for any young player. Now, PJ, we've just seen a bunch of good games on Sunday night. We see some games go down to the wire. We saw the overtime, you know, the Kings and the Suns. We saw the Hawks and the Pelicans have a close one. We saw, you know, the, the Warriors have a crazy ending against the Spurs. But man, the Boston Celtics keep gassing me up. They just went into Denver. First of all, I've got to point out, the crowd was chanting, let's go Celtics, in Denver, in the Mile High City. They were chanting, let's go Celtics. The arena was filled with green jerseys. And they took care of business. And when I say they took care of business, Jokic, the MVP, the man whose stats nerds have on their, on their bedroom walls. Jokic came and shot eight from 23 from the field. Two turnovers. It wasn't an MVP kind of performance. The Celtics destroyed the dynamics. And here's my problem. I've got a big problem now, BJ. They keep gassing me up. I've said this to you before. The Boston Celtics are giving me so much hope right now I need you to convince me to stop dreaming about a parade in Boston this summer because the way they're steamrolling through every team they play right now is getting my hopes up beyond belief. Tell me why I'm crazy. Well, you should be. You should be excited about this team. The Boston Celtics have done a complete 180. Let's Let's just call it like it is. The Boston Celtics... They made a huge move in leadership. Okay, they have a new head coach. They have a new system. Clearly, defensively, this new coach has come in and made demands on them that wasn't in place before. And now, this new system of play has created the following. It's giving you and the Boston Celtic fan base Hope. Why? Because you're seeing a, a what we consider, you know, league-wise, not my term, a blended brand of basketball, meaning offense, defense, and this team is playing a championship caliber style of play. You couldn't say that a year ago, two years ago, Six but you ago. can say that now. 
Okay, you couldn't even couldn't say it at the beginning. You couldn't even say it at Christmas. Okay. okay, but now you can say it because your best player, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're committed to the defensive end. And when you have your best players giving second and third efforts, everyone else has to fall in line. I like what I'm seeing. I have no problem. You should be. I think this team should not be taken lightly. And I think this team is respected, not because of what they do on the offensive end, but because they can defend. Do you think they have enough to win it all? I don't think they have enough to win it all. And here's why, why I say that. Okay. Here's why I say that. It's because all of the players that they currently are playing, Derek White and those guys, they just got over there. Okay. Tice. He's been, he's been White, there. But he, again, I'll say it again. They have a new coach. They have a new system. Okay. These are not robots where you just plug them in. Okay. But, but okay. Al Horford, Tice, they were there before. Al okay. Horford's plugged back Al in. Al Horford, seamlessly. he's playing a new system. He's playing a new way. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum weren't the same players. They're not the same players now that they were then. They're different players. They're better players. Marcus Smart is the starter. Marcus Smart's imprint is all over this team now. Without question, he is the emotional leader. He may not be the best player on the team. He is the emotional leader. He's the conscious of this team. Because let me tell you something. Your season really began when Marcus Smart called everybody out. Oh, that's facts. Okay. That's why it's my favorite. So now we know that Marcus Smart's intention with this group was in the right place. Of course. Because he says something outside of the locker room. Sometimes guys say things and you'd be like, why did, why did he, why did he just didn't say that to the team? Marcus Smart called out his team. And you know what was impressive? His team, his teammates responded. That's called respect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have a problem with them, but I, I think they need, I think they need more depth. Okay. I would love for them to have a player. You hear me say this all the time, Mo, that plays downhill, a lead guard who could push the tempo or change the tempo off the bench just to give them another look so that they can get easier baskets in the playoffs. Because right now they play a style. And that style is very, very successful in the regular season. But as you know, Mo, the game is going to be a little different and the game is going to require people to break the defense down and get easy, uncontested shots. I think they are well on their way. I think with the right matchups, they'll be good. But however, I don't think this team is ready to win a championship this year. You see, my problem is the way that this team has been playing recently I can't see a team that I would be afraid of if I was them. I can't see a team that they're not sitting around and saying, we could beat them. We could, Philly, we could beat them. Brooklyn, we could beat them. Milwaukee, we could beat them. Well, every but time Mo. Milwaukee plays Boston, Chris Middleton turns into the greatest player in the history of the world. But aside from that, I, I just look at it like they're peaking well, at the right Mo. time. Because this is the other factor. They're peaking at the perfect time going into the playoffs rather than well, something for the regular season off. for the regular season. I agree for the regular season. Mo, re- just remember this. Just consider this. Mm. 
winning a regular season game is different than winning a playoff series. Of course, of course. Okay, okay, okay. If that is the truth, of course. How many different styles can the Boston Celtics, as the roster is currently constructed, play? You need to find out. Because they've only been this team for the past two This is what At some point, Mo, the other teams are going to take away something. They're going to take away what they do well. Now, what we've seen thus far, what we've seen thus far is I can put together a game plan where I keep the Time Lord on the strong side of the court. Okay. That's a big, that's a big, that's a big adjustment. Not even score 100 points. Okay. Mo, you're not going to miss every shot. What, what I'm saying, Mo, all I'm saying is you make shots. You, you, so if you're, the, if, you're the, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you say, we didn't even shoot well, then we beat them. We didn't even play well. They played awful. If they make those shots, you're probably down 15. But they didn't make those shots. No, no, that, that, Mo, that's my point. When you start winning and you're not playing well, that's a problem okay. on the road. It wasn't like we were in Dallas. We were in Boston and they won and they exploited a matchup. Now, in game two, Mo, you lose. You're down 2-0 going back to Dallas now. This isn't like just a game. Then you go and you beat up on Golden State and you beat up on Sacramento. Then you beat up on Denver. You're feeling good right now. We won nine out of ten. I'm right. Mo, you can be down 0-2 going back to Dallas. And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, there's a level of desperation. So all I'm saying is this team is a good team. If they find the right matchup, I think this team could advance. But right now, Mo. Right now, I would love for them to have a guard, a small guard, not a small guard, a guard who could play, get them in up-tempo so they can get easy, more uncontested shots. Because, Mo, I, 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 just like I tell you all the time about the Bulls, and I don't, I'm not picking on the Bulls, but they have a glaring weakness. Now I'm expecting these better teams, not the teams that they should be, the better teams to have better players they're going to devise. They're going to devise a game plan to exploit your weakness, and that's one of the things I think they will exploit. But again, the Boston Celtics can also make an adjustment too. Exactly, and that is why I'm going to get you a Time Lord jersey, and you're going to wear it. Please do when we're in Boston for the NBA Finals live on national TV. Do you accept these stakes? <laughs> Do you accept these stakes, Mr. Armstrong? If they get to the NBA Finals, I will. And I hope in the next two or three years that we will get a Detroit Pistons series versus your Boston Celtics. <laughs> oh, no. Because oh, you know what? Oh, no. You don't want to see I feel the, 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 the same way the you feel about the, the same way round. you feel about the the same way you feel about these, you know, Boston Celtics. I grew up a Piston fan and I want to come with the passion and be a fan. Mm-hmm. It's way more fun. It's, it's just like when my Iowa Hawkeyes lost. Yes. Like, can I tell you guys a secret? You, feel you, guys, it. you, <laughs> you feel it different. <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes lost, right? I have a screenshot on my phone. It's, it's on my call log and it's outgoing call. BJ Armstrong, 
52 seconds. The shortest phone call BJ and I have ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, look, no, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you in peace. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's bad. I mean, and that's, you and I would have to go to that, that series. Because 100%. you know what? 100%. I remember as a, as a kid going to the, when Larry Bird was beating up on, on our Pistons. Yep. And I remember I was in college when my Pistons finally beat Larry Bird, you know? So I, I want that type of mm-hmm. intensity. I want that, those type of players. Mm-hmm. And then, Mo, we can really be fans. Because you know what, Mo? I want the new version of the bad boys to come back. Hey, man, you can do because you're going to watch Jason Tatum beating up on your Pistons that maybe uh, your youngest sons in you college said that, they could finally take out Jason Tatum. They said that about <laughs> Kevin McHale and Larry Bird. And you know what? <laughs> you know what, Mo? Our bench was so deep. You know, I can't believe I'm talking like this because I remember I was a kid. I was a kid in college and I remember watching all these. It was like 87, somewhere around there, 87, 88. I remember just watching those guys and um, Dennis Rodman when he was young and John Sally and the microwave and all those guys. Those were those were fun times. Those were great mm-hmm. games. I mean, physical games. And Larry Burger was clearly the best player. But those were fun games. We used to do a series where we rewatched some of these old school games. But, you know, if this series ever does happen in the future, BJ, and we're in Detroit or we're in Boston for this Pistons Celtics series one day. How many times um, we beat? How many times have we beat the the the, the Celtics this year? Too many. Um, <laughs> what? I, I didn't hear that. What, 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 how many? How many times did we beat the Celtics this year? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, if there's one team we have their number, it's the Celtics. I mean, we have the Celtics number I mean, this year. I, I, I mean, you could say that. I mean, I mean, you could say that. Even though the Celtics have won the season series three one. Um, you could make that case because if that playoff series was to happen next season, the season after, whatever, I'm gonna call Uncle Al, um, Al Horford, and he's gonna take us for dinner. BJ, do you know where he's gonna take us? Where a very special restaurant because there's only one item on the menu. Do you know what he's gonna be eating for dinner? No beef stew. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I'm not worried that's about. Right. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. I'm, anyway, not, I'm not even worried about that. I'm not even worried about that. Anyway. I'm not even worried about that. You man. know what? You know what? I'm not anyway, man. Listen, I hope Detroit get a great play in this draft. We've seen some great prospects. March Madness. Just quickly before we go, BJ, who is the standout player for you so far, March Madness wise? Just give me one name. Jay Nivey. Mm, big time, big, big time, big, big, big time player, big time player. I want to go on here right now. This kid is a franchise player. Big He's time. a franchise athlete. Okay. Jeez. Now this kid at Purdue, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm saying it here right now. He is a big time, big time player. Big time. I, I think he will translate to the next level. I think he has a chance to be not a good player, a great player. I think he has a chance to be an impactful player in the win-loss column in year one. Mo, in year one. I respect you. You don't see many of those. I respect Wherever it. he goes, Mo, wherever he goes, okay, th- that, organiz- that franchise should be plus 10. Wow. They should get 
10 more wins in the column just because of him. Well, right now, Houston, Orlando, Detroit, OKC, Sacramento. That's the current odds for the top five teams. Who's that? Detroit, who? Sacramento, who else? Uh, it was, let me find Let me find it again. Let me find it again. I'll just close the tab. It's Houston. It was Houston, OKC, Detroit, and Sacramento. No, 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 I'm wrong. Houston, Orlando, Detroit, OKC. Um, all have, no. Houston, Orlando, and Detroit have a 52% chance of the top four pick as it stands. That means they all have a 14% chance of the number one pick. But we're going to dive if into Jayden, that. If, if Jaden Ivey, yeah. If Jaden Ivey goes to the Pistons, it's over. Okay. Poor so, Killian Mo, Hayes. Mo, Mo, <laughs> No, 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 Mo. It's over. Okay. It's the Eastern okay. Conference is over. Okay. Okay. It's over. Jason All I'm going to be saying from this point, bad boy. I want to remind you, Jason Tame <laughs> just turned 24. So we've got another 10 years of dominance remaining. I, 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 Mo, I, I'm telling you, if Jaden Ivey goes to the Pistons. Okay. I'm hearing ifs. I'm saying facts. Jason Tame dominating well, 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 Mo, Mo, Mo. The president of the Eastern Conference Finals. Max Championship incoming. You can enjoy the draft lottery, my brother. But until then, you're going to be rocking with us for the playoffs. And our listeners are going to be rocking with us too. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. Leave a review. Have a great start to your week. And most importantly, get buckets. I'm sorry for cutting you off, BJ. I just had to tell the people, get buckets.